Black girls, beware. Your biggest enemy is out to get you. And it's not who you may think. Nella Rogers finds this out perhaps too late when Hazel, a new black publishing assistant, moves into her department. Will Hazel boy Nella toward the promotion she's wanted for months? Or will Hazel leave Nella in the dust for all eternity? That's how high the stakes go here, you guys. I don't know what to tell you. The book, (laughs) The Other Black Girl by Sakia Delilah Harris. And you're listening to Liz Society. Let's get lit! Hey y'all, hey. (laughs) This is Kari. And this is Alexis. And you're listening to Lit Society, a show about books and drama. Alexis, how are you? Como um, estas? <clears throat> See, muy stop bien, gracias. Them- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Poor thing. I hear that lingering cough in your throat, but you here. It's there. It's there. I love it. Well, you know what? You look great. You doing okay? Uh, yeah. How about you? Are you feeling good? Fresh? Yeah. Ready for the first book of the season. Yes. Oh, that's scary. The first book of season three. We're back to recording early in the morning. Um, It's a struggle, but it's fun. I'm excited to get into this week's book with you. And you know what? (laughs) Which is your pick. I want just to remind everyone (laughs) that when I serve as host, as I'm doing now or trying to do, that means Alexis picked the book and vice versa. When she's the host, I mean, I picked the book. I did not pick this book. That's I'm, all. I'm just reiterating. I hear, I hear you. But you know what? I can't wait to hear your commentary, as I know you will have plenty. Well, let's go on to the theme of the week, y'all. Each week, if you're a long time or a short time listener of this show, you know, each week we choose a theme to discuss inspired by the book we're reading. And this week, the theme is how to beat crabs in a bucket mentality. Mm. Alexis, can I ask you, what do you, what, how do you define crabs in a bucket or crabs in a barrel syndrome? Um, the, the inability to cheer for someone else's uh, successes or root them on or try to um, prevent them from, in, in, not real sabotage ways, but and maybe, maybe prevent them, mm-hmm. prevent maybe sabotage them, from, them a little prevent them from getting ahead and ahead the the um line is wherever you are as yeah, the hater you. <laughs> so you don't want them to get past you in any past way you. right yeah ahead so, of you <laughs> mm-hmm, on the same level of you, as you <laughs> right. whatever it could be included so in real life what does that mean how does that uh, manifest itself in everyday interaction um, maybe in the, in the workplace, if, if you, um, are trying for a promotion and your colleagues know about it or yeah, your colleagues know about it, maybe they discourage you like, no, that'd be a lot of work for you. Or mm-hmm. maybe you should consider something different or maybe for example, your boss know your title and what you've been doing for years and then send you that same position when they leave mm-hmm. somewhere else instead of something higher. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, how about that? <laughs> Yep, I think those are great examples. Um, Family came to mind first for me. When family members or friends downplay your success. Um, I remember uh, a a close family member um, before I was working where I am now. I was managing uh, somewhere else. And when I applied at that company, their response was, now don't get in there and not know what you're doing. Wait, what? I said, what? why did you just say that? <laughs> um, huh? Why is that your first response? That's crimes and, in the and, Wait, and what does that mean? What does I that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. For, for, for real, for real. And we've talked about this before. Side note, whatever job you're entering, everyone is learning on the job. <laughs> now you come with a certain skill set, but mm-hmm. don't nobody know what they do in that first, not within the context of that specific position. Exactly. Why would you even say that? Well, anyway, family and friends can do that. Um, and then co-workers who ignore your contribution, that can even be superiors, um, as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when others hinder you from re- reaching like fitness or finance goals, even that mm. can be um, crabs in a bucket mentality. Oh, yeah. I got one, an example for that. <laughs> like you got a friend, they know you trying to hold uh. tight your money and save it, but they keep inviting you like to um, <laughs> dinner, vacations, like uh, okay. expensive <laughs> vacations. But the ticket is cheap right now. So... <laughs> People like that. That's okay. That's you're a you're bringing our personal problems to the show, and that's not <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's continue. Let's continue. Why mm-hmm. do crabs hold each other down? Now let's talk about literal crabs for a moment. Uh, where this analogy comes from? Why do you think crabs hold each other down? If you have a bunch of crabs in a bucket. So one crab can get out of a bucket. But if you have three, they'll pull each other down so that they all remain in the bucket. Where do you think that behavior comes from? I I don't I don't know. You don't know nothing about crabs. I get it. Mm -mm. Well, on the beach, crabs are social creatures and holding on to each other aids in their survival. I mean, they're more likely to survive predators Um, there. They have a better chance of securing food and shelter as a team. And if one crab decides to go off on their own, that crab is crazy and inevitably headed to death on the beach. is, Is it a protection? It's a protection. And for us, people often fear being left behind. Um, for some people, building a community actually literally helps to preserve their life, whether it's through healthful social interaction. Um, people might not want you to move away from home. They need to regularly interact with you. Um, tokens within a group, speaking about work, if there's one woman on the team or one black person, I mean, maybe some may feel the need to dominate any other members uh, who share their characteristics for the sake of personal progress. So as a woman, I might want to downplay another woman's uh, contribution to the team at work so as to highlight my own progress and to move up myself. I feel like I'm just going to focus on that other woman. And if I do better than her, then everyone else will see me and I'll succeed. You know, I don't know. I guess this is how some people think. I don't know. Mm, But that's crap in the barrel. Uh, People tend to fear the disillusion of family and community. And that's real. And that's more innocent. Um, I talked about 
maybe you leaving for home, from home and your parents or extended family members trying to discourage you from doing that. But it can show itself in other ways, too. Um, even with financial or fitness goals, you know, people don't want to be left in a financial position or a health position alone one that they they're not proud of or happy with. They don't want to be left there alone. They want to share the misery with someone else sometimes. So they may say things or even do things to stop your progress. So you stay right where you are with them. Does that make sense? Mm, Yep. 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 So how do we beat this mentality? It's not always from a bad place. Sometimes people just love you. They don't want to see you um, hurt and they feel like you doing anything they wouldn't dream of doing is dangerous. <laughs> well, the idea behind the crabs is a protection. That's what you said. So mm-hmm. it can't mm-hmm. all be negative. It can't all come from a bad place because it's they feel like they're helping you with the things that they're saying or doing. Well, how do we beat this mentality? Um, These are some tips I found online and some practical tools that have helped me. And I'm going to go in order by their helpfulness. These are five tips for beating crab crabs (laughs) in the barrel. Wait, yeah, don't say just crabs. Okay, I'm beating crabs in the barrel. The haters holding you back. This is how you can beat them. Number one, stay focused on your highest authority. And I'll explain, please. For some people, the highest authority in their life is themselves. If they say something is right or wrong, it is law in their heart, or at least they believe that. Um, But then if you find yourself bending to the fit, the opinions of others, those people are actually the highest authority that you may respect in your life. As someone whose highest authority is spiritual, I remind myself that my goal is to bring God glory by my actions and my inner self. So if others don't appreciate my contribution or actively try to diminish my work, my focus can't be on pleasing them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I feel like I'm doing the best I can and I'm like fulfilling my purpose in life, People holding you back can be less uh, confidence destroying um, because you're confident that what you're doing is pleasing the highest authority in your life. I hope that makes sense. So practical application, if I'm doing my best at, at my job, but maybe I'm committed to working only these hours because I volunteer f- or have other priorities like my family and friends during other hours and someone, maybe even a superior is not happy with the time that I'm contributing. But that time is like the standard <laughs> Um, I'm not working excessive overtime is what I'm saying. And they're not happy with that. That might not be a position for me because Mm. my priorities are where they need to be. You know, I hope that makes sense. Um, And then number two, continue educating yourself. This is something that I'm really aiming to do. Adding real value to who I am, to the work I do helps boost confidence, even in the face of haters. So If you're constantly um, educating yourself on the work you do or mm, maybe on the goals that you have and then someone is putting you down or trying to stop you from reaching them, that effort of gathering education um, gives you like the motivation to continue despite what anyone says. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. So just those two things, staying focused on your highest authority and continuing to educate yourself. How do you think that can help us to beat off crabs in a barrel mentality? 
Well, for a certainty, you'll know, I'm going to say your worth and yeah. and know where your goals lie. So you'll stay focused on them. It's easier to stay focused on things when you you feel you have a purpose or you're guided. Yeah, you're on the right path to yeah. achieve whatever you're you're working for. Yeah. Number three, remember those who look up to you. Adopt healthy habits so as to positively influence them. Remember that you have responsibility to them. So as haters try to uh, keep you down, remember, no, I have people looking at me that want to um, emulate me. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's always a good thing, I at least want to set an example where I can. Mm-hmm. Number four, keep going with conviction. When you know what you're doing is right, and this is what you were alluding to, Alexis, you'll um, be willing to accept guidance or even criticism, but never dismissal. Right. So it's fine to have some healthy contributions, especially if you've been there, done that, or you feel you have, um, then you may want to offer some tips, but it's up to the person to take your your tips or not. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. force people to just act in the way you would act. So right. on the receiving end, be willing to accept that guidance or even criticism, but don't let people dismiss your goals yeah. um, or your contributions. And then lastly, look for ways to build up others. So by actively looking for ways to shine a light on the accomplishments of others, whether at work or at home, it helps me anyway to remain humble and to build a strong support system. So I have friends mm. and family who are supportive and we all support each other. Um, that that means that when someone comes along and they're not supportive, first of all, I see it right away. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a that's how you love on somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you call it out like uh-uh, just because you would don't, don't be. um OK, OK, don't be. <laughs> That's not love. That's right. not love. And then you lead a person to think about what they did. You go back to your support system. So mm-hmm. always look for ways to build up others. Um, yeah. So that's what I have. Have you personally faced crab in a barrel mentality? And how did you overcome it? Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> just the way you said it, that's how I overcame it. I have given my examples already. <laughs> but yes, I have experienced that mentality. And I just didn't think of it as that. I didn't think of it as that. And I think that's um, you have to recognize it when you see it. Yeah. Because but for me, it's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to brush it off and keep going. Forget that person. So I feel (laughs) like I already have the um, things in place, like know your purpose. I have a goal that I'm shooting for. So just because you send me a position that um, (laughs) you think I'm qualified to do the same thing forever. I know I'm not qualified to do the same thing. You forever. are qualified. You, um, you're qualified to do it, but you have goals that um, take you beyond that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I. Yeah, I just push past those because I know my purpose. OK, can I say that? Yeah. How about yeah. you? Have you experienced um, those? Well, you did. You talked about it. Already. Yeah, but going back to you, you know, if you as, are like, in you know, early 20s. In, in school or perhaps on your way to school and someone hinders you from pursuing a certain career path out of love because they never did it. <laughs> uh, that can be crabs in the barrel mentality. Now That's I'm what, talking about Alexis business mm-hmm, and it can come from a place of love. Yes. Yes. They people <laughs> think they loving on you when they do that, but yeah. <laughs> 
So when the crabs pull them down, they think they're saving their lives. So, <laughs> or they're at least thinking about self-preservation. But I hope these tips are helpful for all of y'all. This is something I have to remind myself um, so that I don't get discouraged unnecessarily. And then I continue, um, you know, working towards success. You will. Whatever I'm rooting that for you for, for real in real life. I'm and rooting I'm for rooting you. for you. And you know that. Okay, let's continue. Uh, let's take a break. <laughs> I forget how this show works. Uh, would you like to take a break now? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Please, may I? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Alexis. Can you please give us some context around our author, Zakia Delilah Harris, and perhaps her motivation for the other black girl? Okay, so Zakia is a Brooklyn based author who was born and raised in Connecticut. You know, like our um the woman in the book. She was she has a master of fine arts in nonfiction creative writing from the new school and our BA is from the university of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. She's married and has a growing collection of plants. And she says she has a passion for writing and talking about blackness books and Odie's music. That other black girl is her debut novel. And there is a TV adaptation in the works and she is doing the screenwriting. Wow. Do you know who bought it, where we might find it and how soon that might be released? I can't remember who bought it, but she's I just know she's doing the screenwriting. OK. OK. Well, great. So, some I got a little more. Her inspiration. Yeah, yeah. She says she worked in publishing for two to three years. The place she worked was white. One day she was washing her hands in a bathroom <laughs> and another black woman comes out of the stars. She looked at her and was surprised and confused. And she wanted to speak to the woman, but was nervous and is also an introvert. Nothing happened, no interaction. And when she went back to her desk, she got to thinking about that interaction. Um, The other black woman didn't acknowledge her. She thought about her own need to want to talk to her and wonder where that came from. And from there, she was able to develop the story we have before us of two black women working in a very white workplace. couple other things about her. She has um, a collection of 12 songs on her website that she connected on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's a playlist um, for this book that she said kind of inspired her. And um, it includes songs by, um, uh, let's say, it includes uh, I'm Every Woman, The Savage Remix, Don't Touch My Hair, Dolly Parton. Things like that is pretty nice. <laughs> I like how you make songs and artists. Don't touch my hair, Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of that. And Dolly Parton, I said. Okay. Anyway, um, she's her book has been praised on Good Morning America, Esquire magazine. Um, she's she's been in a bunch of stuff. So people were excited about her book. And it's yeah, I've seen this book everywhere. The most anticipated book of 2021 by time. But listen, I didn't realize this book came out in 2021. <laughs> oh, so it's a recent book. Yes. 
And yes. we don't usually spoil those. But are you going to spoil it? This I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to get through oh, it. I'm going I to get like... through it and talk about a lot of it. But I'm not going to get to the very the end part. The last I'm going to say the last few chapters that's kind of reveal reveal the choice the, the character makes at the end. Not that. I'm going to yeah. take it back a little further, but let's go on. Go on. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, um, can you give us a brief synopsis of this book without spoilers before we begin our spoiler filled discussion? Okay. Nella Rogers has big dreams of becoming an editor. She works for the predominantly white publisher Wagner Books, and she's awaiting her big break. One day, the smell of cocoa butter permeates the office. Nella believes the introduction of another black woman will lead to commiserating and camaraderie. But will it? Kari, who do you think would enjoy this book? Um, If you love uh, pop fiction, um, fiction where um, the subject matter isn't too heavy, uh, a quick, I'll say even for a lot of people, fun read, then you would love a book like this. Something that's really, uh, it takes part, it takes um, place in the current world and it's, you know, supposed to be like fun and fast paced. If that's your thing, then this is a book for you. And Alexis, what were your first thoughts of The Other Black Girl? Okay, so I was looking for another book and this book popped up and I fell in love with the cover. I thought the cover was beautifully beautiful. designed. So mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the book, <laughs> but I was like, oh, that looks pretty. I'm going to read that book. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, picked it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Nice. Well, without further ado, let's get into our deep dive and somewhat spoiler filled, I imagine, although we probably won't be talking about the conclusion. I might let it slip. Oh, boy. But I'm you make sure you insert those notifications for people. Yes. In the notes, if we get into deep, deep spoilers, I'll put the I'll put where they are in the show notes so you can avoid them if you'd like. And let's begin. Alexis, take it away. A deep dive into the other black girl. The book begins with a prologue. It's December 1983. A woman is on the train trying not to scratch her scalp. She knew the more she scratched, the more she would feel the pain. You feel when your scalp burns from a relaxer or worse. She was leaving town and quickly, wondering if anyone followed her. The conductor was collecting tickets as the thoughts of what happened raced through her mind. It was supposed to burn before everyone knew her name. Name dragged in the newspapers. You couldn't just let things be. She asked the conductor for the most northern stop on the train. Then the conductor recognized her and said, I was a big fan of yours before I learned how you really feel. The woman looked him in the face with a big smile, surprising herself and said, Oh, you mean that witchy lady from the news, right? The taxi driver made the same mistake. Twice in one day, good thing I'm leaving the city now, ain't it? She fooled him, but the itching still consumed her. Mm-hmm. Now, what was you going to say? 
She a bad actress. That's all. It's fine. <laughs> also, I still don't know who this is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can we get that at the end? Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah. I am yeah. confusing. Confused, okay? Confused. Anyway, let's go on. Okay. Let's go on. Part one, black and white space, okay? J- July 28th, no, July 23rd, 2018. Wagner Books, Midtown Manhattan. Nella Rogers, an editorial assistant, could smell cocoa butter, but not just any cocoa butter, but brown butter, her favorite brand of hair grease. You know, hair grease, though, I think it could have been like some hair cream. But no, no, write that down and save it for the end. Okay, all right. (laughs) She knew I would just keep a running tally of notes as I was reading this book. Okay, (laughs) she knew it wasn't her hair, it wasn't her hair that she could smell, it couldn't be. Had the she was wondering whether the diversity campaigning had finally paid off. Is there a new black girl on the 13th floor? Wanella tries to locate the smell, but would quickly learn that a black woman is being interviewed by Maisie, another editor. Nella kind of reflects on her relationship with her boss, who's Vera. Nella says that her interactions have been on shaky terms, or I think she said weird. During her anniversary check, Nella asked for a raise but was hit with a a bunch of complaints out of nowhere um uh, one of her boss's complaints was that nella was participating in these diversity meetings and her boss wanted her to put the same effort that she put into them diversity meetings into her actual work nella was uh, quite offended she's just like where did that even come from so let's pause here okay um Now, some things, of course, we'll save for the final verdict, the final part of our show. But one thing I want to get off of my chest is how bad Nella is at her job. Um, Now, diversity training is perhaps great for some environments. It sounds like this is a a predominantly uh, like wasp white environment on the East Coast with one black girl. And she's always um, insecure about her position within the company. So she headed these diversity training segments, I suppose it was more of a discussion than a qualified um, instructor teaching a group and let her work slack. And her boss uh, was like, Hey, that's great. What you doing? But maybe like do your job. And she was like, they hate me here because they white. (laughs) Okay. That's all I want to say. Now, how did you get also, I'm um there must be a black girl on this floor because I smell hair grease. Where is she? <laughs> this is our black protagonist. Th- these are her thoughts. So at this point in the book, I'm like, I already done figured it out. Um, our protagonist is actually not black. She's a spy for the KKK and she is the ops. And <laughs> I see the twist coming a mile away. Spoiler oh, alert. That ain't oh, the twist. My goodness. And toward the I, end of the book, I finished the last page and I was like, but we're the part that's talking about how Nella is the ops. Cause I always felt she was against us. <laughs> <laughs> she is the crap in the listen, bucket at the bottom. Listen, I, I think you just read it too much into that. Nella said she was doing her work, right, but I'm going to move ahead, on. Yeah, After three is, weeks mm-hmm. later, about about three weeks later, Nella was meeting with Vera, her boss, okay? 
who'd asked for her thoughts on the latest Wagner book, the latest book Wagner was considering. It was called Pins and Needles, and it was by Colin Franklin. The book, in um, Nella's opinion, includes a racist caricature of a black woman. The character's name is Chartrice, Chartricia. Daniels. Yeah, because her mom can say chartreuse. And Nella feels the character lacks dimension. Chartricia is a is a ni- 19 and pregnant with her fifth child with uh, the children's father named either LaDarnell or DeMontrain, Deadbeat, whatever their name is. And Nella said she cursed and moaned in all her scenes. And her drug-addicted mother named her after the color of the dress she wore the night her water broke while she was at the club. And as Kari said, she didn't really know um, how to say it or, or is it spell it? How about spell it? So mm-hmm. she called her Chartricia. Yeah, so um, this is the um, black, one of the main characters in a book written by a white man. Yeah, Nella believes the author may have been told that um, his book was too white and maybe he needed to add some maybe We talked color. about that. Some yeah, diversity. So he- Mm-hmm. So, so he took all these composites from all the stereotypes he was familiar with and actually wrote a character in a book, which happens. That mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible. <laughs> she thinks um, she thinks back to a prominent, outspoken black activist, Jesse. I think his name is Jesse White, um, who she agrees no, with most times. <laughs> it or is it Jesse Watson? It don't matter, but it, there are no real life people in this book. Just so, just to make that clear. But Jesse White, I don't know that. Is that a real person? Uh oh. Okay, I'm a. Um, no. That's the Secretary of State for Illinois. He on all our paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, who she agrees with most times and, and thought about what he said. Um, when he said, white people who went out of their way to present diversity, you should look at them um, kind of funny because he said it might end up diversity itself might just be a box that they check off. Like, oh, make sure you put diversity in there. Ooh, caricature of a black person. Damn. Check. Diversity. Diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, So Nella didn't say she hated the book. It was just the character. She simply felt it had some, she felt like it had some solid narrative. She just disliked this character. That's it. But she didn't like Chartricia, Trisha at all. So I kind of like that name, Chartricia. I'm not gonna I lie know. to you. I know, I know you do <laughs> because you named your plant Sharkisha. So it just uh, it's just I like Char. Char. Okay. All okay. right, all right. Mm-hmm. Vera asked that there was something in the book that didn't land the way it should. This is Vera asking us asking Nella. Vera's the boss again, and this and- is Nella's job to give her educated opinion it's not just Vera going hey black girl what you think of this it's Vera asking her publishing assistants I'm not sure that's Nella's official title but she's asking her to contribute on this book she's that's that's Nella's job Mm -hmm. so Nella was hesitant to give her full-on comments because she recalled the last time Vera asked for her comments and she gave them Vera told her they were spot on, but she didn't include the comments in the notes to the author. She was going to bring up the comments. Um, she was going to bring the comment, the lack of inclusion of her comments to the author at the check in. 
But as we know, that didn't go over too well because, you know, Vera was like, could you do your job, please? So Nella questioned her purpose as Vera's assistant. She considered her goals and eventually talked up because she remembered the little girl she was who dreamed of becoming an editor. And she was finally prepared to speak. And then she was interrupted. Maisie, the other editor that we mentioned earlier, was wanting to introduce the new Black woman to Vera and Nella. The Black woman, Hazel, she had ombre dreadlocks, a piercing above her eyebrow. She was dressed nicely and she could interact with the white women. Um, Vera and Maisie with confidence and ease. And Nella was like, she's impressive. I can't do that. Um, so, uh, sorry, okay. just real quick. Yeah. The please, situation please. here is not, hi, everyone, meet the new black girl. However, in our protagonist's mind, that's how she's translating this. Like, I'm going to meet where the cocoa butter smell came from. (laughs) And then as Hazel presents herself in a way where she's charismatic, Nella feels like attacked. Like, oh, she's so much better than me at talking to white people. Oh, I'm so insecure. Which is interesting because Nella grew up around white people. I would think she had a a better, you know, handle on that. Everything Nella does is a reaction to the white gaze. What are the white people thinking in this situation about me? What is this white character think about me? And constantly in the book, it's like, is my white boss okay? Um, What did I do? Maybe not your job. (laughs) Why are you still there, Nella? I'd have fired you a long time ago. (laughs) You can't attack her job like that, though. Anyway, um, I just don't like her. I'd be like, what are you sniffing around for, Nella? I'm looking for the cocoa butter smell. I think there's a black woman on the... Get out, Nella. (laughs) Get your box and go. (laughs) Okay, just go. So anyway, that's the situation. She feels threatened by Hazel. Mm -hmm. Because Hazel has quickly acquired the friend, the um, colleague friendship type of friendship uh, with uh, Nella's boss. Yeah, she's impressed the white people. She tries to make eye contact with Hazel. I think she even bumps her a little bit, but... For an inside wink, like, hey yeah, girl, we're both black. Wink, <laughs> wink. And Hazel's like, why is this girl bumping me? <laughs> she's laughing she and joking. And uh, and she's like, I, I wasn't laughing and joking and touching people when I first got here. And she's like, they told Hazel, the Maisie and Vera told Hazel that Nella would be an excellent resource and that they often called her the author whisperer. So again, it don't mean Nella is doing a poor job, okay? If they calling her that, (laughs) although Nella said, I ain't never heard that myself. (laughs) (laughs) When the interruption is over, Nella was ready to give her feedback. She was invigorated by the interaction with Hazel. She was like, she was inspirational. Although she did feel a little, you know, Intimidated. Intimidated by her. However, Vera suggested Nella give her feedback directly to the author without discussing with her. She's like, uh, uh, can we talk about it first so it can be cleaner when we when I tell the author? Okay. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, later. 
So one day while they were working, Nella was giving Hazel guidance. She mentioned that um, Maisie had four assistants and the two years that she'd been there. And Hazel asked if there's something she should know about Maisie or Wagner in general. And Nella felt it necessary to give the details. Hazel said, come on, girl, you could be real with me. And Nella told her, they don't see color here. Hazel flipped through the packet, humming at different pointers, shaking her head at others. You've helped a lot of Maisie's assistants, I'm guessing. Uh, at least four since I started here two years ago, maybe more. Wow. Hazel lowered the packet at the same time she lowered her voice, so she had a clear view of Nella's face. That's a lot of turnover. Is there anything I should know about Maisie or anything about Wagner in general? Nella considered this. Assistants were supposed to pass on the gossip to a new assistant, but the general consensus was to let her believe, at least for the first few weeks, that her boss was a fairly normal human being. Wagner was the hardest publishing house to get into. Every interviewee, Nella included, underwent four back-to-back interviews with various higher-ups, the last one culminating in a high-intensity tea with the editor-in-chief and founder of Wagner Books himself. The last thing any new hire wanted to hear after finally climbing over these esteemed walls was that an insane boss had been waiting on the other side. But this felt different. Who was Nella not to tell Hazel the truth? As though she sensed Nella was about to break, Hazel sucked her teeth. She was still staring at Nella, except now her eyes were cool, serene. Come on, sis, she said quietly. You can be real with me. The diminutive washed over Nella like balm on a tight knot in her neck. Nella felt her joints loosen as she released a tiny whoosh of air from her lips. (sighs) Honestly, Your boss is so good at what she does. Everyone who knows her respects her, especially since she's willing to edit all the science books nobody else wants to touch. But she lowered her whisper to lip-read-only level. She's a little high-strung, like for real. Hazel didn't flinch. She just nodded. I kind of had a feeling, she said after a moment. And tell me, How do they feel about black people in these parts? Nella looked around to make sure no one happened to be lingering nearby. I'll just put it this way, she said, widening her eyes dramatically. They don't see color here at Wagner. Hazel didn't respond. For a moment, it was unclear she'd caught the playfulness in Nella's voice. Maybe she hadn't even heard her at all. But then that coolness in her eyes turned up and a knowing grin overtook Hazel's face. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. It's always good to know who you're working with, right? She smiled a little, all lip but no teeth, before turning back to her desk and starting to type. Nella turned her chair back to face her monitor and grinned to herself. Sis, indeed. Yeah, so the idea is when people say they don't see color, watch out for them people. Because either they're truthfully colorblind, which fine, um, or, you know, they're crazy. (laughs) It's usually the latter. 
True story. True story. <laughs> okay. Um, one morning they cross paths in the kitchen or break room getting their morning drinks and Nella's expecting an important phone call. So she tries to exit, get her drink and exit the room quickly. But Nella is lured back by a familiar name. Hazel mentions the book Burning Heart by Diana Gordon. This is a book um, that was edited by Kendra Way and Diane and um, the author again is Diana Gordon. And they were both black women, a rare feat in this business. Nella was eager to have that very discussion with um, Hazel. But she had to get back to her desk for the phone call. But Hazel, Hazel seemed to hover. And she was like, wouldn't release her from this conversation. <laughs> when Nella arrives at her desk, Hazel is still hovering and tells N- Nella she's here for her. You could spill your tea with me. You could complain, whatever. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Nella shares her thoughts about the book, Pins and Needles. Hazel agrees with Nella's assessment, although she's saying she doesn't have a dog in a fight and it was between them. Hazel feels she should be honest with the author as she recalls reading one of the author's book in school and it was problem. It had a problematic character then, too. Nella tells Hazel that essentially she'd be calling one of Wagner's best selling authors racist to his face. And white people hate that more than anything. The task was risky. Oh, so so sitting privately with Hazel, um, Nella is pouring out her heart and she's like, I want to tell this author that the character in his book is a racist stereotype. But by doing that, I would be calling him racist. And I know this is my job, but I can't do it because I want to be an editor. And I'm so close to being an editor. I don't want to do anything to rock the boat. Exactly. Right. She said that task to do that is very risky because she could get fired. Suddenly, Hazel's demeanor changed when um, Nella says she went from Black Panther spirit to Barack, from confrontational to compassionate. Um, And Hazel tells Nella she thinks Vera was one of the good ones and would be reasonable to have a conversation with her. And before they leave, Hazel tells Nella she thinks she should say something to Vera. She feels like Vera would thank her for saying it instead of being the black person who didn't say anything. It would be important for um, Nella to speak up and share her commentary with Vera. It's necessary. What did What did you think of Hazel's advice here? Um. Did you think she went from Black Panther to Barack, which is such a odd comparison? <laughs> That's the book. I did not say that. But as she she was like, yeah, pro-militant. These white people need to know. Da, 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 da. She talked about her father. So I could see where she made the switch. I saw it. OK. And what did you think of her advice? Oh, I, I do think she should have told her. I would have told her to tell her, too. So I mean, so I, th- I think two things can be right. Right. You can be. Um, you know, you can come from a civil rights background mm-hmm. and still be uh, able to communicate and build with people outside of your race. Those two things aren't, you know, exclu- exclusive. Right. So 
I feel like, of course, if you're going to tell an author at a meeting something like this about his book, about characters, you bring it up to your boss first. You bring it up to your boss because whatever you're saying, you're saying for her and for the entire team. Now, if your boss is like, yeah, but just don't say that part, then is this an environment for you? No, no, because there's a cover up now. Yeah, now that poor behavior. And, and the I way the internet it. works, when this book comes out, and this society is like, who let this character get through? You know, and all our millions of followers are gonna <laughs> go to LinkedIn and find out who the black assistant editor was, and it's gonna be on you. I know. I mean, like, I did speak up, I did. Yep. It just looks bad. And it's not so much about what black Twitter thinks of you. It's about your future in that career. Mm-hmm. If you're, you have to bring to the table your life experience. That is why you're hired. And that's what everyone, that's what everyone's job is. If you're the only woman in a small group of editors, you have to speak up when you feel like a certain character doesn't um, speak truthfully to the experience of a woman. And then you're not speaking for all women. So then you need a focus group to read this book and to contribute their ideas also on this character. So Nella should have been like, hey, Vera, this is actually really important. I need to speak with you. And her boss would have been like, OK, you showing conviction for once. She Come liked, on in and close yeah, the door. She liked I never confidence. even seen this side of you. Mm-hmm. And then been like, you know, this is something that's very important to me as a black person that we're portrayed not necessarily as angels in everything of all fiction written about us, but at least accurately. And everything in here about this character feels like a a stereotype I would hate for this to be published and for there to be blowback and we could have done something about it can we get a focus group together to read this book and to contribute their thoughts before it's published I know that's going to take money and time I feel like it's worth it and before I bring this up to the author I wanted to talk to you about it that's it girl that's so regular that's that's your job. However, Do you know what your job is? This is a woman that lacks confidence. She lacks wow. the confidence needed for her role. So whatever. Then she, she can't do her role. Then she, she needs to be fired. She can't. Um, Maybe Hazel got some friends that can work here. I and, like Hazel. I think it's the. What's <laughs> 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 Okay, wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Slow down. (laughs) Let me get my thoughts together. I can't now. I don't remember. Be a Hazel. Don't be a Nella. (laughs) And Nella had no reason to be the way she was. I'm giving the ending away. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Hazel said, we have to make it easier for black people who decide they want to work in publishing after us. Right, Thank right. you, Hazel. <laughs> Hazel pumped Nella up. Part two, the meeting. The book is about the opioid addiction. People are... Um, Not this book. The book that they're supposed to be reviewing in oh, the book. Right. Okay. <laughs> Correction. The book... Um, what is it called? Pins and Needles. The book is Chartricia, called... And- Chartricia's story. It's not her story. It's actually other white people in the book that it's probably more about. Um, the book is about the opioid addiction. Um, and so Vera just gives the author compliments, compliments, compliments. It's this is a great book. And then also Nella has some feedback for you. Go, go ahead, Nella. Go ahead. 
So the real feedback. Now it says, great representation of the opioid addiction, all right? However, Chartricia doesn't feel authentic. She seems like she was based off the idea of Black people suffering due to the opioid epidemic. Um, She feels like a collection of unflattering tropes. And um, by the time we get to the end of the novel, she never really becomes a redeemable character. Like she's still stuck. I don't quite connect with her. She felt flat. She's one dimensional. Um, It seems like one generalized experience. She felt like a a caricature. more than an actual living, breathing character. And I think a lot of Black readers will find her unsatisfying. Okay, so Alexis is doing a great job of showing us how the character um and awed through this really essential criticism. She didn't practice. She wasn't prepared to speak to an author, a best-selling author who they had a lot of stock in prestigious author chip on their shoulders. Mm -hmm. She already knew they were prepared to offer him offer to buy his book. So Mm -hmm. she, she didn't come prepared. She didn't have, she didn't come prepared period. Mm -mm. No. And then um, when she presented it, it was like, well, maybe uh, this character is dangerously stereotypical. I don't know. Yeah. Colin, the author, he took offense, of course, and then um, Vera co-signed on the offense. Yeah, her boss co-signed on the fence by saying, now, tell us exactly where that is in the book. Well, that threw Nella for a loop. She was like, I'm your, I, I, I mean, I can't tell you like, um, but I just feel like. Why can't you, Nella? Why don't you have specific examples? Mm-hmm. Why don't you have page section this? Why don't you have notes? <laughs> Where are the post-its? Where, Where are the post-its? <laughs> oh, where is Hazel? <laughs> <laughs> so Colin was like, um, so I feel like you calling me a racist. This section made me think of um listening to your following your highest authority because if you are honestly approaching this conversation with feedback that you sincerely believe in your heart and you're prepared to give those notes then as he was going to flip out anyway Mm -hmm. he'd flip out and maybe your boss will be against you but you could stay convicted in that room while still being respectful to everyone Mm -hmm. he's being emotional that's a great time for you not to be Mm -hmm. okay all right i understand how that can be frustrating with you This criticism for me stands, and this is why. Now imagine we publish this brilliant book, and this one character diminishes how other people see the entire story. And also, you say this to your boss before the meeting, (laughs) but whatever. Uh, uh, Kari would do that. She would do that for real, y'all. And very well. (laughs) But listen, here's what um, Nella said. Nella said, I did try to talk to her about this in advance, but it it just never worked out. But then when the opportunity was there, I didn't do it. Nella acting like emails don't exist. (laughs) You ain't got your boss's number. You can't text her. Mm -hmm. This is foolishness. Part three, the fallout. Okay. (laughs) Hazel, who's cubby, if you will, is like right outside the door, not too far away, you know, within hearing distance. Well, she told Nella, you know, I did hear. You know, but not all the words. I was still working and busy. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could hear. But you did the right <laughs> thing. You did the right thing. Vera started treating Nella tersely. Okay, so that happened. And then mm-hmm. Nella started getting notes telling her to leave Wagner now. Now, with these notes, I got to say, she was probably feeling some type of way because it could have been coming from maybe anybody who heard about her commenting that way to the author. Um, it could have come from Hazel. It just could have come from anywhere, right? So at this point, what would you have done? You received a, you know, um, a note saying, leave the company written like chicken scratch. You know, what would you do? I would take it to HR. This demanded me to Girl. leave. But I don't know why. Listen. Ah. Ah. That would be me. Listen, <laughs> of course you would mm-hmm. right away. Yep. I wouldn't even finish it. No, leave what? Somebody telling me to leave something. HR. And then I would go to my boss after going to HR and say, I just want you to know I went to HR about this note. I find it odd that after this terrible um, blowout that we had in this meeting that I would receive a note like this. I don't know if they're connected, but I thought it fitting to bring it up to the uh, appropriate source, which is the human resource department. Just so you know, ma'am, if you did it, I haven't done anything wrong. You won't notice. (laughs) Okay. All right. I haven't done anything wrong. It's up to you to convince me that you didn't write this. Mm. (laughs) For real. Because the tax are coming my way. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Vera um, starts getting closer and um, to Hazel, right? Hazel. Yeah, she's replacing her current black girl for the other black girl. The title. Okay, the title is right here. But then also Hazel is start, um, you know, bringing in all the other people to love her. She's really good at interacting with people. Pretty much. Yeah. She's giving out gifts to the people. Everybody is liking and loving her. And Vera starts giving Hazel books to read that she hadn't even sent to Nella. Uh Uh-oh. The tension is brewing, okay? Yeah, because in this company, Nella is Vera's Negro. And so when ooh, Vera, ooh. which is her right, offers Hazel to read a book instead of Nella, Nella's like, but I'm your Negro. Why would you ask another Negro? <laughs> what, Nella? Nella, what's wrong? You know, Nella, don't even tell me. I ain't got time for it. Listen, Vera can ask whoever she wants in the company to read these books. She might ask you later. Why are you so focused on the white gaze, Nella? So Nella, she said, I'm going to talk to the Richard Wagner. Okay, the Richard Wagner, the owner of the company. And I'm going to talk to him about my situation, explain my side. And, you know. That's going to happen. Not human resources. I'm going to go to the head of the company, the founder, because mm-hmm. I'm crazy. <laughs> but before she goes into his office, she overhears him on the phone talking to someone saying, it was your idea to handle Kenny that way. And then they concluded the conversation with, I love you. Ooh, what was that it about? was not his wife. Mm-hmm. That's not his wife. She kind of makes some deductions and is like, ooh. Sound like an affair to me. Anyway, 
he kind of hears Richard hears somebody outside his office, so he calls out, and Nella runs away, like the dust and the wind. She's gone. Later, Vera mentions pins and need the pins and needles book to uh, Hazel and asks for her opinion. Mm-hmm. The tea, y'all. The tea. Hazel hasn't read it's the cold. book yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Hazel tells Nella. So what happened was Hazel is telling Nella that Vera reached out to her and said, "Why don't you read this um, pins and needle? I need some feedback." So, um, but Nella tells Hazel tells Nella. I'm sorry. She tried to back her up on the Chartresha thing. Then she tell her, um, having two negative reviews from two black girls could do wonders. So she's showing her that she is on her side at this point. But when Hazel reads the book, she don't really hate it. Let's circle back to that. Vera eventually apologizes for her behavior towards Nella and forgetting Vera? Vera apologizes for her behavior towards Nella and forgetting to give her the oh, new that's book. Right. Um mm-hmm. because she also gave Hazel a different book to read that she hadn't given to Nella. So it's all kind of things happen. But she also tells Vera tells Nella that she should pol- apologize to Colin, the author. Again, and Nella's like, I like apologized to him fifty eleven times in the meeting. Why I gotta apologize again? Why were you apologizing the first time? Okay, can we hit that? How on can repeat? anyone trust your word is credible, and you'll easily backtrack when faced with some static? That means you're not convicted enough, right? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, <clears throat> and then the marketing meeting happens. Okay, so while they're waiting for the meeting to get started, Hazel is like, hey, y'all, hey, I got this event coming up. I want all of y'all to come, okay? It's at my boyfriend's sister's natural hair cafe, and it's called Curl Central. Come on down. The event is for um, a little, not a little, a company I run. I think it's for, to nurture young black writers, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. High school age, I think. And Nella is hesitant because she got plans. She's supposed to meet with an um, author, I think, and or an agent or author, one of those. And then she's also got a date with her boyfriend. So Hazel mm-hmm. says Richard is coming to the meeting. Now, Richard Wagner, again, the head of the company. And Nella's like, wait, oh, I might have to cancel all my plans and come to this, see what's going on. The meeting gets started and they decide they're going to talk about pins and the needles marketing first. Meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the marketing meeting starts at work after Hazel's like, come on down to my um, social uh, outreach program. Yep. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. You're all invited. And then they start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, Richard says, well, why don't we talk about Colin's book? That's out there. And people start commenting on the book and commenting how good the book was. And then they ask for Hazel to comment. And now looking like, I mean, she just started last week. Why are they asking her for her opinion? She is like, mm-hmm. new. Hello. 
Nella is a crab. <laughs> Hazel says, I think the black protagonists in the family will really resonate with the public and particularly those who are struggling with addiction. My parent came of my parents came of age during the crack epidemic in the city of the 80s. It brought memories of the stories they told me and how little anybody white seemed to care. There was a few things about Chartricia that some people might call attention to. And, and she, then she looks at Nella. <laughs> <laughs> some people might call attention to. But overall, Colin <laughs> did a very good job of bringing home the point in a way that I think will connect with all readers. It'll be fun to see how it comes together. Nella stiffened. It was one thing to talk about Chartricia in Vera's office, but to have to sit through it with two dozen of her co-workers was another thing entirely. She did not want to listen to Maisie and Vera wax poetic about how good of a job Colin had done presenting diverse characters. She did not want to watch everyone respond enthusiastically. For a fleeting moment, she considered going to the bathroom, even though it would be terribly conspicuous for her to do so. Then she remembered she had an ally now. If any other co-workers happened to cast a glance in her direction to see if she'd exhibited any opinion on what was being said, it meant they would also be looking at Hazel too. How had she forgotten she wasn't the only black girl in the room? Nella inhaled. The burden wasn't gone, she realized, not by any means, but at least it could be shared and laughed about later. Maybe she'd even invite Hazel to drinks with Malika the next time they went out, and they could hash it all out together. She felt the tension leave her lower back again, rising through her shoulders and evaporating up to the ceiling. But it was a mistake to let her guard down, because it left her unprepared for what happened next. First, Vera said Hazel's name, then Richard did too, venturing to turn his attention toward Assistance Alley. Would you mind sharing some words, Hazel? Nella froze. She'd never seen Richard ask any entry-level employee to speak at one of these meetings before. Sure. I asked Vera if I could take a look at Needles and Pens. I've been a big Colin Franklin reader for a while and I was curious. Hazel's voice, an audible jolt of youth and ardor, was perfectly loud and clear and crisp. Everyone in the room had turned to get a good look at her, as though it were commonplace for an assistant to pick up the mic at a marketing meeting. Didn't Hazel say Vera had asked her to take a look? Thought Nella, as Oliver leaned over to whisper something in Alexander's ear at the big table. Alexander nodded his head in the direction of Maisie. And I'll say this, if I may. Hazel continued, I think the black protagonist and her family will really resonate with audiences of color, particularly those who are struggling with addiction. My parents came of age during the crack epidemic in the city in the 1980s, and it brought back memories of stories they've told me and how little anybody white seemed to care. Some people nodded. Amy hummed a note befit for a church choir. I'll be honest, there were a few things about Chartricia that some people might call attention to. If Nella had any doubts that Hazel had cast a very direct glance in her direction, the pointed gaze of the balding production editor who was sitting in front of her confirmed it. She could feel everyone else staring at her too. 
But overall, Colin did a really good job of bringing it home in a way that I think will connect with all readers. It will be fun to see how it all comes together. Thanks, Hazel, for that, said Vera. She was beaming so hard that you have thought her puppy had stood up on its hind legs and started composing the great American novel. Meanwhile, the P.E. still hadn't taken his eyes off Nella. His eyes were narrowing in hard, indisputable distrust. Nella fake coughed into her elbow. My pleasure. Thank you for letting me take a peek and for giving me the opportunity to speak today. Hazel bowed her head. So what do you think here? Is this terrible? So look, I think she can have a different opinion about her. But yeah. the part where she says some people and then turns and looks at Nella, that's when it's that's like, oh, a you're against shady. me. <laughs> that's a little shady. Yeah. She is certainly yeah. welcome to her own opinion. But to then scoot yeah. her under that bus like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that ain't right. That ain't yeah, right. Yeah, I, I was frustrated with Nella at first because I'm like, Hazel owes you nothing. <laughs> because you're both black, she has to agree with everything you say. That ain't how it works. Well, some people think it does work that way. Well, those people are wrong. <laughs> and then when Hazel looks at Nella and is like, some people, I'm like, oh, Hazel's, Hazel is sinister. I still like her better than <laughs> Nella. <laughs> However, uh, some in the milk ain't clean, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Nella, she is hot, angry, and embarrassed. Because how dare this <laughs> other black woman yeah, not how side dare that with her? Not side with me. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. So she is like, <laughs> I'm going to Hazel's event. I'm a That's why you have up. this. <laughs> That's why you have this conversation with conviction to the author, and then you introduce a focus group because if someone disagrees with you, you can't speak for all black people. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone else will see this character and been like, "Wow, he really kept it real. I love this," mm-hmm. and you have to respect that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So when Nella, so we're going to this event, right? It's at the hair store. Okay. We in here. When Nella finally, well, I guess the event starts late. The event happens after the event is over. Nella is ready to charge up Hazel. So Nella takes the opportunity, walks up to Hazel. She's nervous about charging this other black woman up. And she doesn't, um, say what she wants to say instead she's you know just saying stuff (laughs) she's flighty yeah she's flighty and hazel blows her off she said what made you change your mind she said i finished the book and i I just didn't hate it (laughs) (laughs) she then told nella black girl to black girl and nella and nella's like but I mean, but why would you do to me like that in the meeting? She was like, but listen, let me tell you something, black girl to black girl. Yes, the book isn't great. It is poorly written. And she's like, well, why not tell them? She said, listen, it's a little thing called looking <laughs> left to right, code switching. <laughs> and, and Hazel laughs laughing. at her. <laughs> and that's when I really like Hazel. <laughs> like, oh, Hazel's laughing at you, Nella. She you said, don't know what code switching is. And Nella's frustrated. Mm. She's just frustrated. And code switching isn't 
um, you know, giving a piece of your credibility away to be accepted in a white environment. No, it's not. Uh, it is not. But, um, but I still thought this was funny. So Hazel says, um, they can work together. It's going to be all right. She even put in a good word for Nella. She said, I'm going to tell them about your um, your points, you know, and then to be like, it's from us, from you, from me. We're going to work together. And then when Richard Wagner finally arrives and comes in the door, um, Nella sticks around as long as her dignity will allow her because she is like uncomfortable in this scenario and also jealous because how is it that this new girl Hazel is talking to the owner of the company like all regular? He's coming to her events. Mm -hmm. And then before they leave, Hazel makes sure she brings Nella some hair grease that she had been talking about and meaning to give her. And she's like, oh. Oh, this is that smell. That's not the brown butter. This is the something else. Okay. Um, she said, yeah, I'll try it after I try my brown butter. And then Hazel says, oh, no. You know, start implementing it into your regimen right now. Okay. We're going to break off here. Please add your comments. <laughs> so at this point, also, um, Nella continues receiving threatening notes. Mm-hmm. She's also in telephone communication with a stranger um, whose number she got from the note. And that stranger is telling her you're in danger. You know, you need to get away from that publishing company. And so it's very like secretive. She's trying to meet them at a cafe and then a car comes and takes the person she's trying to meet away, rushes them away. And she's like, what is going on here? Um, And then later she, um, Nella, and one of Nella's old friends from college actually go to Hazel's house. Um, Nella breaks away from the group to rummage through Hazel's um, home, looking for clues as to who Hazel really is, because Nella is now doubtful as to if Hazel is even a trustworthy character. What what is Hazel's story? It's not so much now that she doesn't agree with everything I do as she should because she's black and I'm black and we're supposed to agree with everything each other does. But also something about her is wrong and evil and I got to figure out what it is. And so I'm a detective now and I'm going to rummage through <laughs> her stuff. And then she finds something and she's like, oh, my goodness. And then that this all leads to the climax. Um, and that that's all, I guess, if we're not spoiling it. Yeah, I mean, we could. And they keep mentioning Greece. After the review. Okay. After our review. So why don't we take a look a, a little break? Why don't we take a break? And then we'll talk <laughs> about our final thoughts. How about that? Sounds good. Okay. We're proud to introduce a new segment of our show, Indie of the Month. This is where we'll highlight an independent bookstore we love and one we'd like you all to support. Our Indie of the Month for February is Chicago's own semicolon bookstore and gallery in the Wicker Park neighborhood. Why do we love it? I mean, I could talk about this store forever. Why do you love semicolon, Alexis? I like the... Um the walls how artfully <laughs> the walls are decorated sure. that is a standout to me yeah the I, I, just, I like so bright iconic. color yeah 
Yeah, and the new space, they moved from like River West to Wicker Park. The new store is just so spacious. It's a great place to just chill with a book. Semicolon is Black woman owned and operated. Owner Danielle Mullins' mission is to remain committed to nurturing the connection between literature, art, and the pursuit of knowledge, while also using the power of words to better our community. During the month of February, you guys, Chicago-based readers can visit Semicolon in Time Out Market Food Hall. That's like our favorite food hall, right? <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Sitting there last time, I was like, I need to move downtown because this is just too cool. Well, Semicolon will be in Time Out during the month of February. That's in the city's West Loop neighborhood. Thursdays through Sundays, all month long, you can visit them from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m., visit their pop-up bookstore, and enjoy story time on Saturdays. So go ahead, grab some food, and chill with Semicolon at Time Out Market for some lit book talk and fun. Whether or not, though, you find time for their pop-up this month, visit their brick and mortar in Wicker Park at 1714 West Division. That's by like Cafe Streets. It's a lot of stuff over there. But if you know um, the neighborhood, you know where that is. And then you can also find them online at semicolonchai.com. And that's spelled S-E-M-I-C-O-L-O-N-C-H-I. Semicolon Chicago, you get it? Okay. All right, and let's continue with our show. And we're back. Woo! Okay, so that's the story. That's the story. Kari, do you think I should have covered a little more? There are so many um, disconnected situations in this book. Uh-huh. It's it, retelling the plot. It's hard to know what to include and what not to. Mm-hmm. I think you did a great job. Oh, thanks. So from the story, we have some flashbacks. Remember the woman at the beginning who was not identified? Who is that? There are several <laughs> flashbacks um, that are included uh-huh. in this series that I go through um, uh-huh. where she's speaking again. And then somebody else is inserted and they're talking, too. So there is a lot of... Um, like like Harry mentioned, it's in, it's in there. And I never I never um, was intelligent enough to piece together how these people pertain to the protagonist. There's an author who's headed to a gala and then she collapses on the ground because of something she reads. Her husband shows her in the paper and I didn't know what to do with that. Oh, exactly. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> said, OK, so that happened. OK, so why don't we get into. um What's your final verdict and would you recommend this book? All right. I was recently (laughs) texting a friend about this book and I just want to read some segments from our text. Uh, Hey, girl. Hey, if you listening, I'm going to read them directly as I wrote them to you. (laughs) Um, My biggest issue is the subtext that we are each other's enemy. We are each other's enemy. That's number one. Mm. Number two. We don't all live our lives as some reactionary performance to the white gaze. We're not always constantly thinking about uh, race and what white people think of what we do. You can say that again, sis. Mm. And this protagonist is always the highest authority in her life are white people (laughs) as it pertains to her job. So her superiors and that white environment, she wants to please them above anything else. She has no backbone. 
Uh, no backbone. Number three. Also, the protagonist was bad at her job. I feel like I already covered that. That also irked me. Uh, number four, girl, black women ain't applied grease di- directly to our scalp <laughs> in years. Can we say that? Please say that. We be using creams and stuff on our hair and a little oil on the scalp, but grease? A grease? Grease, grease? on the scalp. Honey. Now, Honey. Um, Tumblr taught me years ago to stop doing that stop suffocating your follicles with grease i find it very hard to believe that in the year 2022 there are black girls in a hip upcoming neighborhood applying grease on their scalp at a party a grease party grease no grease (laughs) hey girl you want to come over and apply grease on our scalp grease no i don't and then we're going to wrap each other's hair up in hair scarves. This fell to me. And we've talked about this before. Like all black experiences aren't the same. So this might be someone's experience as a black person in America. I just felt it was very. Uh, you, did you read about being black somewhere? And you like, they, well, they probably had grease parties and they'd be wrapping each other hair up in <laughs> hair scarves. <laughs> but I digress. That is I get that a little bit because that is. Head head wraps. I was thinking head wraps. I was thinking head wraps, yeah. not just head and scarves. And that's what my friend said. And I said, well, I chalked that up to like colloquialism. Like maybe that's some regional jargon where they said, I don't know. Well, but I don't if know. If you remember when she gave the um, scarf to the um, yeah the receptionist, the receptionist that woman sounds like she wears head scarves, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the way. So she I said, thought she was. Go ahead. I thought that was a cultural thing. Like maybe she was Muslim. Oh, like a traditional Muslim. Okay, that but may I, be true. I think I'm wrong. No, <laughs> so that may be true. Now that I think about it, that may be true. Please continue. Um, number fifty eleven, girl. <laughs> we date white men now. No one feels bad about it. What? Now I'm not dating a white man, but I have friends that have dated white men, <laughs> no and guess one. what? I don't care. No, no one, <laughs> no one, no one, no one. Now that's not to say that some people aren't. Um, exclusive to black love or that it's not their right to be. Of course it is. That's great. That's my parents. However, um, the idea, the protagonist says at one point that she felt guilty for missing out on black love. I don't know what to do with that. What does that mean? <laughs> that was weird. Continue. And I think that's where her um, being raised in a white environment, she kind of talks about that. Okay. That's what I think. Can't relate. Um, continuing, I heard a Jamaican critic say that she thinks black Americans are obsessed with white people in his shows. Ooh, and I was like, dang, that, that ain't a good look. That's not a good look. That's not a good look. Because that, I, I'm not. <laughs> I see, though, how you got that from this book. Right. Continuing. Ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, white only book clubs. This is me speaking will love this for its refusal, its refusal to confront uh, white supremacy in publishing and corporate. That conversation at the table with the author, I could see that happening. And the book's ability are in a, the book's ability, but refusal to confront what the true problem is, um, I think will make some groups very comfortable. It will Mm. help them to digest this without challenging their own thinking. And that can be great for um, uh, really well-known celebrity book clubs. So 
I think some people will love this book for that reason. Um, however, I had a lot of fun reading it. And that says something about the author. I'd read her work again for sure. Honestly, um, I'd give her, um, you know, another chance. Obviously, I'm not in love with this story. I don't understand why it exists. And my reaction to it is a little visceral, but that's OK, because not everything has to be for me. You know, Nella is unable to speak up when it's literally her job to do so, but <laughs> wonders why a black <laughs> cameraman didn't stop Kendall Jenner's Pepsi commercial. <laughs> There is a conversation in the yeah. book where Nella's like, wasn't there a black cameraman that day who would have said something? Yeah, hairdresser, Nella, that something. ain't the cameraman job. <laughs> or a hairdresser. Or a hairdresser. Like, That's what she said. Or a hairdresser. Woo, I was so mad. I threw the book and it was on a Kindle. <laughs> so I almost broke my phone. <laughs> Nella, it is literally your job to do what you ain't doing. So don't worry about what a black, a theoretical black cameraman should have done. How dare you? Um, yeah, so we already talked about Nella not presenting her issue to her boss before just vomiting all of this uh, criticism on the author in such a really poorly put together way. Why is she so obsessed with Hazel? Why is she assuming things about Hazel like her views on Boston? Yeah, we all know Boston is crazy right, racist, right. but maybe that wasn't Hazel's experience. Mm -hmm. Don't just assume that. So I didn't care for this book. I don't know why it exists. And I had fun reading it. All those things are true. I would never recommend it because I wouldn't want this type of poison to be unleashed on anyone I know. I wouldn't want my white friends thinking this is this is how Karina's. Oh, let me not do an accent. This is how Karina feels inside all the time. How exhausted. Ooh, no, that would be colored just like that, too. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> but at the same time, I, um, don't assume the other black girl will share your opinion and don't assume other people will share your opinion about a book. Um, what I like to remind myself is that people love Tyler Perry movies. And I'm not talking about the three good ones. You know which ones <laughs> they are. I mean, his entire catalog, people eat it up. Love they it. feel like it's real. They love it. Mm -hmm. They think it's well written. And that's like fine. Yes, so it is. I don't think this book is um, responsible in a lot of ways. I felt like it was inappropriate and just nonsensical, but I still have fun reading it. I like that contemporary setting. Uh, that was fun for me. And when I got to the end, I was mad, um, but I would still read another uh, book by Harris. And with all of that said, Alexis, what were your final thoughts would you recommend this book? What's your final verdict? I was so confused when I read this book. I, I listened to it. Um, I was so confused. I was like, what's happening here? Who, mm -hmm. who is the lady at the beginning? What does she have to do with anything? So do you know who that is? Who is the woman on the train? Somebody explained this to me. And then oh. I read it again. Oh, tell me. So the woman at the beginning. So you know those two famous people the black women yeah the authors and the publishing person the one on the train was kendra ray okay the author no Is that the author? she was the editor that said the, um, the publishing editor that used the words okay okay and she, i think she was in the process of being changed over but she ain't like it you know 
Mm. Oh, changed over. That's a, you know, a thing in the book. Yeah, yeah. We we without giving anything away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was in that process, but that's who she okay. is. So only read listening to it a second time did I figure that out. I did not know. I'm like, what is happening? Man, maybe I could have listened a little more carefully. I don't know, but I was confused. And the whole idea of what they were doing to change people, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, it would never work (laughs) because we're not doing that to our scalps. Nope. And not if it burned like um relaxer. No, ma'am. We left Girl, relaxers. I ain't seen a relax. Do they still sell relaxers? They do, and what people are still this? getting them, girl. Oh, okay. No judgment. Yeah. I just didn't know. Because I don't know anyone them. with a relaxer. It's a thing. Wow. It's a thing. But yes. Um, mm. so it was a lot of stuff in here that I was like, what? What? Hair grease at the top of the list, okay? And then just the confusion of who these extra character were, extra characters were. And extra they were. Mm-hmm. Including the boyfriend. Including the boyfriend. Including the, uh, the owner of the company, who you used to move along the plot without addressing any of his issues, including the potential adultery. What is this for? There is no potential. So he is weaved in quite well. He's having an affair. Uh, so I disagree with you there. He he is identified as the person that's having an affair. Um, spoiler alert. Close your ears if you don't want to know. No, no, you don't have to say it. You don't have to say it. If you read the book, you know. He's <clears throat> having an affair with that woman, right? Okay. And together, they came uh-huh. up with the hair grease. Oh, now she done spoiled it. I said spoiler alert. You can, you can cut that out if you want to. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Anything else? I did say spoiler alert. I, I um, <laughs> did recommend I could. Um, I don't recommend the book, I tell you, because it just was confusing to me. But then also the other side of that is, let me back up, back up, back up, back up. When I read it again, I had a little more fun with it. I understood a little more. I don't like the idea of what is happening. I don't like the hair grease. You telling the whole nation of people that it's the whole nation of people is reading this, that we put hair grease (laughs) in our hair like that, like all our scalp with hair grease. We just sitting in between our mama's knees like it's 1982. I think we stopped just, you doing know. that. I do. I honestly think we stopped <laughs> doing that. But yeah. Watching Sanford and Son getting our grease, our scalp grease. I would be interested. What I do feel strongly about is I'd like to see this on screen. And and thinking on screen, it would. I think it would be um, different. Um, I feel like I could really get into it on screen, but I did have fun reading it the second time because a lot of things were more clear for sure. Okay. So actually, I would recommend the book if you read it. Whoa. You read it twice. <laughs> read it <laughs> twice. Read it once. Slow down. Don't rush through it. Slow down. And then you will get all the points. But I, I don't like the ending. I don't like it. 
I just think um, this idea that instead of addressing the real issue, let's look at each other. Also, the idea that um, a black person would choose not to be so black because it's just too exhausting. No, I, I don't. I don't believe that. Who would say that? Stop saying that. I've heard that. it before in jokes. In jokes. Um, but I couldn't imagine someone not wanting to be black. That is black. I just, I don't know. Or anything. Like, I couldn't imagine someone saying, I want to be less of who I am because it's just so tiring. And uh, that's essentially what this product does, right? Oh, uh, we talking too much. Okay. That is the, the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Uh, well, thank you. I don't recommend it. Alexis does. So when you recommend it to your friends or you read it, and you like, who recommended this book? It was Alexis. Wait, wait, wait. All right, wait, Alexis. Wait, thank wait, you. Wait, That's the end on. of the show this week. <laughs> Look, wait. I think I don't have enough friends that read, so I won't be recommending it. <laughs> so I don't have a problem there, okay? I'm just saying that this right. might be it. Uh, you might enjoy this book. If you read so it what twice. are we reading? What are we reading next week? <laughs> His only wife. That's right. His only wife by Peace Adjo Medea. And thank you all for listening to Lit Society. We'll see you next Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on five Apple Podcasts. Stars. And Spotify now. Please, if you listen to our show on Spotify, go over there, leave a five-star review. You can't leave a comment. However, on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a comment about why you absolutely love us. We love love y'all too. If you've enjoyed what you've just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. Every month uh, for our this season, we'll be hosting a giveaway, but only to newsletter subscribers. So make sure you go to LitSocietyPod.com and sign on up so you can get free stuff. And until next time, read, read something. something. Read something.